हरे कृष्णा अ वॉम वेलकम टू ऑल ऑफ यू फॉर टूडेज गीता लाइफ सेशन द टॉपिक फॉर द डे इज डिफ्रेंशिएट नीड एंड ग्रीड वी ऑल हैव सम डिजायर्स वी ऑल हैव सम बोनाफाइड नीड्स वॉट इज दैट फाइन लाइन विच इफ इट क्रॉसेस इट गेट्स ट्रांसलेटेड इन टू ग्रीड so today we're going to discuss more on this there are lot of insights we get from bhagavad gita where krishna has directly spoken about greed so before we plunge into this discussion let us all pray together please fold your hands join me in offering the prayers we'll chant few prayers together which should be displayed on the screen and after that we will get into this discussion नम ओं विष्णुपदा कृष्णा पृष्ठा भूतले श्रीमते भक्ति स्वामीनामिने नमस्ते सारस्वते देवे गौरवाणी प्रचारिणे निर्विशेषा शून्यवादी पाश्चातारिणे जय श्री कृष्णा चैतन्य प्रभु निनंदीअदाधरा श्रीवासादी गौरभक्तवृंद नमो महावदनिया कृष्णा प्रेम प्रदायते कृष्णा कृष्ण चैतन्य गौरतुषे नमः नमो ब्रह्मणे देवाय गोब्राह्मणे हिताय चगदिताय कृष्णा गोविंदय नमो नमः हे कृष्णा करुणा सिंधो दीनबंधो जगत्पते गोपेशा गोपिका कांता राधा कांता नमोस्तुते तप्त कांचन गौरांगी राधे वृंदावनेश्वरी वृषभानुसुते देवी प्रणमा हरि प्रिये वाचा कल्पतरुभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतीतना पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा कृष्ण कृष्णा हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे सो टुडे वी आर गोइंग टू टॉक अबाउट थ्री एस्पेक्ट्स first we are going to talk about what is the root cause of greed krishna in the gita says there are three gates leading to hell lust anger and greed so what's the root cause why are we greedy why greed overpowers a person although many of us know it is not good to be greedy so that's the first thing we are going to cover second aspect is what are the consequences 
why greed is dangerous why krishna says the three gates leading to hell and one of them is greed what are the consequences of a person who gets trapped by greed and third which is the most important one what is the cure what can we do yes we understand it's not okay to be greedy but presently we have fallen trap to these base enemies lust anger greed pride envy what can we do to come out of it what can we do so that we so to say neutralize these enemies so that will be the third and the final aspect first let us understand what is the root cause of greed we see lot of shortages in the world around us lot of people dying of malnutrition people not having enough roti kapda and makan there is there seems to be a deficit sometimes we wonder why lord has made this creation where there is a deficit why so many people are dying of hunger so they are saying earth provides enough to satisfy a man's need but not every man's greed so in other words if we see shortages in this world it is not because earth has not provided enough it is not because of overpopulation it is because of man's greed so i'll just uh, share few quotes from bhagavad gita bhagavatam which gives us a clue what is the root cause of greed from the mode of goodness real knowledge develops krishna in the gita talks about trigunas satvaguna rajoguna and tamoguna and depending on the modes which influence us we develop some characteristics from the mode of goodness if mode of goodness is predominantly influencing us we are in satvaguna then real knowledge develops from the mode of passion if we are too much rajasik if we are influenced by rajaguna then greed develops so we are talking about the root cause the root cause is rajaguna kaam esha krodh esha rajaguna samudbhavaha this mode of passion is the root cause is the breeding ground for greed and from the mode of ignorance develops foolishness madness and illusion this is in the 14th chapter 17th verse krishna extensively talks about trigunas food in the mode of goodness passion and ignorance sacrifices work in the mode of goodness passion and ignorance and many instructions lord has given how we can gradually elevate from tamoguna to rajaguna to satvaguna and even transcend satvaguna to shuddha satva so the root cause of greed is the influence of rajaguna 
another reason why a man becomes overpowered by greed a man becomes too greedy for wealth and power when he has no higher objective in life and when he thinks that his earthly life of a few years is all in all this is very important we are spirit soul we are eternal this life is a small phase in our eternal existence just like in a drama a person acts like a king but he is very much aware that he is acting like a king he is not the king he is playing the role of a king and very soon when the drama gets over he has to come back to his original identity so likewise when a person forgets that this earthly life is a small phase in her in his eternal existence and considers this life as all in all and there is no higher objective in life the objective of life is eat drink and be merry then a person invariably will fall under the clutches of greed ignorance is the cause of all these anomalies in the human society and to remove this ignorance especially in this age of degradation the powerful sun is there to distribute light in the shape of shrimad bhagavatam so because of ignorance we forget who we really are we think that this earthly life is all in all i am this body and there is no higher objective in life if that is our consciousness then invariably we will fall under the clutches of greed so this is what shrimad bhagavatam is saying bhagavad gita is saying the root cause is rajoguna mode of ignorance mode of passion and the bhagavatam is saying that when we are ignorant of ourselves when we think that there is no higher objective in life the philosophy of life is eat drink and be merry and definitely such understanding of life will brew greed in the mind body system the third clue which we get from the gita as an unchaste woman is very easily carried away by paramours and it sometimes happens that her husband is violently killed by her paramours if a yogi gives his mind a chance krishna in the gita says mind if it is controlled is a best friend the same mind if it is uncontrolled is a worst enemy so here bhagavad gita is saying if a yogi gives his mind a chance in other words does not checks his mind we are different from the mind mind is part of sukshma sharira which covers the soul so when a yogi gives his mind a chance and does not restrain it does not tame it does not control it does not check it mind will give facility to enemies like lust anger and greed and they will doubtlessly kill the yogi so first we got a hint it's the rajoguna because of rajoguna what happens we we 
do not have the real knowledge, we are ignorant of ourself, we think that there is no higher purpose to life, we think that this earthly life of few years is all in all. The philosophy of life becomes eat, drink and be merry. And then Bhagavad Gita also gives us a clue that if our mind is untamed, unchecked, the mind can give rise to enemies of lust, anger and greed and this can kill the yogi. Also in the Srimad Bhagavatam it is said, the mind is the root cause of lust, anger, pride, greed, lamentation, illusion and fear. Combined these constitute bondage to fruitive activity. What learned man would put, put faith on his mind? Once there was a person who was regularly attending satsang and uh, it was rainy days and he would invariably go to the satsang with his umbrella and one day unfortunately somebody stole his umbrella while he was attending the satsang. So he was very disturbed and it was quite visible. Next few days although he would come for the satsang but he was quite disturbed. It was quite visible on his face. He was not at ease. Sometimes people even ask as devotees or somebody who is practicing spirituality, why does he at times become angry or become greedy? The idea is that a person may be taking the medicine, but that does not mean that a person who has started taking the medicine should get cured that very day. It takes time. It takes time for a person to get diseased and even if a person is taking the right medicine, it takes time for the disease to subside. Therefore, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna also says, Api durācāro bhajante mām ananya bhāk. One who is practicing the process of Krishna consciousness, even if at times he engages in some abominable acts, still he has to be considered saintly because he is rightly situated, he is taking the medicine, he is following the process. It may take some time. So here this person also was attending satsang, you may say he was attending satsang, why he is getting perturbed? Yes, he was disturbed. Many times we can't help it. Theoretically, we may know it is wrong, but there is conditioning, there is habitual response. So this person was quite perturbed, was quite disturbed. He could not focus and the speaker could really, could make it out because he was in the front row and he was always you know, a little jittery and not, at, not comfortable. So one day he asked him after the session, why are you so disturbed? Look so agitated. So he clearly told Swamiji what to tell. I mean, unfortunately, I lost my umbrella and I'm so disturbed. I wonder why a person has stolen in such a auspicious gathering. And uh, somehow I am missing my umbrella. More so, it's rainy days. I can't afford to buy another one. So the Swamiji requested another satsangi, the person there in the satsang, why don't you buy an umbrella for him? 
and next day the person got him a new umbrella. So for a moment that person was quite happy, he has got an umbrella much better than what he had earlier, much bigger, much better, much better quality. And uh, that day the person attended satsang. But next few days, the speaker noticed that still the person is not happy, still the person is morose. Even though he has been gifted a new umbrella, what could be the cause of his moroseness? Again, after the session, one day this person, the speaker inquired from him, why are you morose? I have somehow got a new umbrella for you. Now you should be happy. So, he says, yes, Swamiji, what, what to do? Always this thought bothers me. Had I not lost that umbrella, I would today be having two umbrellas. I somehow missed that umbrella. Now I have only one. So this is a symptom where a person in spite of having enough is not contented, is always greedy, is wanting more, is never satisfied. Therefore it is said earth provides enough to satisfy a man's need but not for every man's greed. So we were talking about the root cause. We are originally eternal servant of the Lord. Jivera Swarupa Hoye Nittera Krishna Das. But we have come in this world forgetting our real position, having rebelled against the Lord. Icha Dvesha Samuthena Dvandamohena Bharata. And we have now, instead of serving the Lord, have become slaves, have become slaves of false masters and the false masters are our senses, our mind, Kama, Kroda, Moha, Lobha, these all have become our masters. They are, what is the meaning of a master and what is the meaning of a slave? Master is the one who dictates, who gives orders. And the slave just follows, at times blindly follows, helplessly follows. So if we analyze, we as Atma, our glorious position is that we are servants of the Lord, Nittera Krishna Das. But unfortunately in today's world, we have become the servants of false masters in the form of our senses and the mind. That's why it is said, if the mind is given a chance, mind will give rise to lust, anger, greed and it will kill a yogi. So the mind and the senses have become our masters. It is said that in the animal kingdom, there are animals which get trapped because one of their senses is quite loose, is quite unchecked and a hunter or a person who is trying to catch that animal has a clue, has an understanding and that becomes the trap for that animal. For that matter, a fish, when a fisherman goes, he puts a hook with a bait. Although the fish 
is not hungry just because the bait is very very tempting it will go for it not knowing that behind that bait is a hook and the fish gets trapped likewise there is deer one of the sense of the deer which is the power of hearing becomes the cause of its death the hunter knows otherwise the deers can run very fast and it's very difficult to chase and and uh, you know hit them or kill them so the hunter would arrange for playing very good music soothing music and the deer becomes so enchanted with that music with that beautiful melodious sound it just stays put in one place rapt attention just hearing that melodious sound and the hunter shoots the deer down so likewise for each of the senses there is an example from animal kingdom where the animal gets trapped because that sense is weak that's a weak point for that animal but it is said that man is said to be a rational animal but unfortunately in the case of man it is not one sense it's not two senses it's not three senses it's all the five senses by which we are getting tempted we are getting trapped our eyes were constantly looking for seeing beautiful forms ears always hankering for melodious sounds tongue always wanting to taste palatable foods so likewise in present times we have become slaves of our minds slaves of our senses and that has given rise to lust anger greed pride envy and so forth so these are the root cause why we are in this present situation the next point the next important aspect which we want to cover is what are the consequences what happens if we get trapped by the enemy called greed here krishna is saying the three gates leading to hell the life a present life can become hellish and the life after death can also be hellish so <clears throat> what are the consequences once there was a bird a two headed bird called bharunda the name of the bird was bharunda it had two heads but was one bird with two heads one belly and uh, one day it so happened that this bird while it was in the forest found some very nice pleasant tasty fruit a big fruit and one of the head started eating it and it said oh such a wonderful so delicious it is i wonder whether it is from the divine parijata tree or from some divine sandalwood tree i wonder what fruit is this but it is so sweet so nice so wonderful so tasty it started glorifying and simultaneously eating 
द अदर हेड विच ऑन द अदर साइड सेट काइंडली शेयर दिस ऑल्सो विथ मी आई ऑल्सो वुड लाइक टू टेस्ट आई ऑल्सो वॉन्ट टू ईट दैट सेम फ्रूट यू आर ग्लोरीफाइंग सो मच इट इज सो डिलिशियस इट सो नाइस सो टेस्टी सो दिस हेड द वन हु वॉज टेस्टिंग सेट वाई यू हैव टू ईट एनी वे वी हैव अ कॉमन स्टमक Why you have to eat? I am eating it. That's enough. Anyway, we have common stomach, and we will share the energy. And it deprived an opportunity to the other head to eat or relish that fruit. From that day, the other head developed great enmity or hatred towards the other head. So much so, day and night, it was also always thinking how to take revenge. we see in present times also you know family members two brothers in the same family can end up being enemies court cases so the other head became very envious developed lot of hatred and looked for an opportunity when it can take revenge so one day while they were in a forest the other head found a poisonous fruit a very poisonous fruit and deliberately started eating it the other said wait wait don't eat don't eat it's poison don't you know it's poison it's poisonous don't eat we'll die but the other head wanted to teach that head a lesson kept on eating ate that entire poisonous fruit and the bird both the heads including died the other head did not mind dying so that it can take revenge from the other so when we get overpowered by lust greed envy jealousy pride we can act in ways which can be even fatal fatal for the body fatal for the soul so these are the consequences we lose our good sense it is said that he who is not contented with what he has will not be contented with what he would like to have we all have goals we all have aspirations we all are looking for happiness we all are looking for contentment satisfaction joy if we are not contented and happy and joyful with what we have there is no guarantee that even after we achieve our goals our aspirations we will be happy we will be contented life always becomes so to say a rat race waiting for something to happen hoping against hope that i'll be fully happy i'll be fully satisfied the three gates leading to hell lust anger and greed every sane man should give up these for they lead to degradation of the soul so this is another consequence it degrades the soul it makes us forget our real identity we lose our good sense the real knowledge the real purpose of life is forgotten if the soul degrades overpowered by lust anger and greed my dear lord all living entities within this material world are mad after planning for things 
and they are always busy with the desire to do this or that. So another consequence is we almost become mad. Wanting to do this, do that, achieve this, achieve that. Always hankering, waiting for something to be happen so that we become happy. This is due to uncontrolled greed. The greed for material enjoyment is always existing in the living entity. But your lordship is always alert. And due course of time you strike him like a snake, seizes a mouth, mouse and very easily swallows him. So overpowered by greed, we lose our good sense, act in so many abominable ways and in due course of time, death comes and overpowers such a person. That valuable human form of life, which is very, very meaningful, gets lost in false pursuits, driven by the enemy called greed. Once there was a very big hospital in the US and suddenly they were alarmed, all of a sudden the number of deaths happening in the ICU increased exponentially. And since they were keeping tab of the number of patients admitted in the ICU, number of patients recovered, number of patients who died. So they were quite alarmed with that sudden exponential increase in the number of deaths. And they started, you know, doing root cause analysis. What is the cause? Is it that the patients are going through some ailments which we are not able to cure? Or is there some lacuna in our facilities? Is there lacuna in our care? Is there some shortcoming in the training of the nurses because you know new nurses join and is there something which is going wrong or something which we need to improve because of which because of willful or unwillful negligence these deaths are happening. So they started doing root cause analysis and eventually they found out and what they found out was very very shocking. They found that the nurses in that ICU, they were addicted and they were gambling and on each patient in the ICU, they used to have betting done, you know, just like you have betting in sports. You bet which team will win, by which, how many, and there is always a ratio and basis that there is a risk involved and the gains, proportionate gains depending on the risk involved. So you bet on a particular team, bet on a particular horse. So the nurses started betting and they would bet on a particular patient as to how many days this patient will survive or after how many days the patient will leave the ICU or will die. And it so happened that some of the nurses, in order to win the bets, even if the patient is recovering, they will go and turn off the ventilator 
so that the patient dies. This is a real life story. Actually, it has happened. People out of greed lose the good sense, think that this earthly year, years of as all in all and end up doing such abominable acts including taking someone's life. So <clears throat> greed can be very very dangerous and that's why Krishna says the three gates leading to hell. <coughs> Lust, anger and greed. So we'll talk more about this particular enemy called greed in today's session. We'll also cover what is the cure, finally what's the remedy, how we can come out of it, how we can conquer this enemy called greed. Before we get into that discussion, let's all have some kirtans and then we'll have this discussion. <laughs>
recap of what we have so far covered. First we covered about the root cause of greed and in that there were three important sub points. First was when a person is overpowered by Rajoguna mode of passion, invariably it will give birth to lust, anger and greed. Second, when a person out of ignorance forgets the real meaning or the purpose of life. He feels that there is no higher objective to life. Just like animals also are leading their lives. It's all about eating, sleeping, mating and defending. So when there is no higher purpose of life and a person thinks that these earthly years are all in all, then a person will fall trapped to greed. And the third sub point was if the mind is untamed, unchecked, uncontrolled, our senses are unbridled, then also we will fall under the trap of this enemy called greed. So these are the root causes and then we talked about consequences of greed. What happens if the greed is unchecked, untamed? So we say that how it can kill a yogi. We took an example that how people at times can act very abominably, give example of the Barunda bird, two-headed bird and how the nurses in the ICU were even killing patients just because they were greedy to win the bets. In the Bhagavad Gita, 14th chapter it is mentioned, in the mode of passion, people become greedy and they are hankering for sense enjoyment has no limit. As we all discussed, there is no limit to man's greed. There is a limit to man's need. One can see that even if one has enough money and adequate arrangement for sense gratification, there is neither happiness nor peace of mind. That is not possible because one is situated in the mode of passion. If one wants happiness at all, 
his money will not help him he has to elevate himself to the mode of goodness by practicing krishna consciousness money has a place money is required but when becoming rich having more and more of money becomes a goal of life and we start blindly pursuing that goal then that becomes a pitfall why people want more money because with more money they can have more sense gratification more sensual pleasures and that understanding that more sensual pleasure more happiness is stemming from forgetfulness of our real self the ignorance of our real self so now we move on to the third part the most important part what is the solution what should we do we all understand yes greed is not okay we have to check our greed we should not be greedy it is not good to be greedy we all know even the most greediest man to some extent knows has a sense that it is not okay to be greedy but still we are in that trap what is the solution how should we conquer this enemy called greed in the bhagavatam third canto it is mentioned if we engage our minds in krishna naturally the consciousness becomes purified and there is no chance of entrance of material desire and greed krishna in the gita says mind if it is controlled is a best friend and the same mind if it is uncontrolled is a worst enemy now uncontrolled mind has given enemy given birth to enemies like lust anger greed pride now how do we control the mind how do we tame the mind how do we purify the mind the simplest process is we bring krishna in our mind the lord in our mind therefore in the bhagavad gita krishna says man mana think of me be conscious of me we cannot keep the mind blank we cannot be thoughtless we cannot be desireless no desires zero desire nil desire that is not possible to strive for a state of desirelessness is also a desire so what our scriptures is saying that we have to fill our minds with thoughts of the lord pure thoughts divine thoughts divine instructions divine topics divine discussions mind cannot be left blank if we just leave it blank some thoughts will and as a conditioned beings invariably those thoughts will be about sensual enjoyments so if we engage our mind in krishna now how do we engage our mind in krishna so prabhupad in one place says just like a materialist is engaged in various material activities making so many material plans a businessman how many plans he is making i would invest in this i will get into this business i will expand this business i will you know multiply my money i will deposit this money i will buy this stocks 
It's all about planning and engaging in various material activities. Likewise, Prabhupada says a spiritualist should engage his mind in spiritual activities. Now, spiritual activities does not mean that we do not have right now a condition where throughout the day we can chant, throughout the day we can remember. But there are many spiritual activities like going to the temple of the Lord, having darshan of the Lord, engaging in various services of the Lord, distributing the message of the Lord, distributing the books of the Lord, cooking for the Lord, offering to the Lord. We have example of a great king, Ambarish Maharaj, who although was a king, was engaged in the administrative services, managing his kingdom, but still he was a great devotee of the Lord. So it is very much possible if we engage our mind in various spiritual activities, doing some seva, practical devotional service, going to the temple, having darshan of the Lord, hearing about the Lord, doing some service. Suppose somebody is a software, can make some software for the Lord. Somebody is good in designing, can design something for the Lord. Somebody is good in music, can compose some nice music or songs for the Lord. When we engage ourselves in the service of the Lord, then our mind becomes purified, becomes spiritualized. The highest wealth is the absence of greed. This is a very nice quote. The highest wealth is not when we have too much of money, too much of opulence. We think that we are wealthy, we are rich. So once Prabhupada was asked, you are making such gorgeous temple. Don't you think that they will address the spiritual needs of only rich, opulent people? Only rich, opulent people will come and uh, you know visit these temples. What about the poor people? Why only for the rich people? So Prabhupada said, spiritually, everyone is poor. The so-called rich people are suffering in quote-unquote rich conditions. The poor people are suffering in quote-unquote poor conditions. Both are spiritually poor and suffering. Whether you are materially rich or poor, everyone is spiritually suffering, steeped deep in ignorance, having become slave of their minds and senses and caught up in this repeated cycle of birth and death. Punarapi Janma, Punarapi Marana. A rich person may be in very opulent surroundings, may have the best of doctors treating him but still is not absolved of diseases, is not absolved of old age, is not absolved of death. The richest of rich is the one who is not a prisoner of greed. The richest of rich is also a prisoner of greed, but he is not rich in the real sense. Whereas a person who may be having very limited assets or very limited resources may be rich because he is not overpowered by greed. Choose to want less rather than to have more. Every one of us have a mentality, I want this, I want this, I want this. So many material desires. Choose to have 
choose to want less that is better than a desire to have more and more in other words we have to regulate our mind regulate our senses and that's only possible if we engage our mind and senses in the service of the lord when one is completely cleansed of the impurities of lust and greed produced from false identification of the body as i and bodily possessions as mine once mind becomes purified in that pure state he transcends the stage of so called material happiness and distress so when our mind is completely cleansed of the impurities of lust and greed which is stemming from that ignorance aham mameti i and mind i am this body and everything connected with this body is mine when one comes out of this ignorance one becomes purified now the question is how can we come out of this ignorance in the bhagavatam it is said hari guna shiptamatihi our mind should be engrossed should be captured by the glorious pastimes the qualities the form the beauty of the lord hari guna hari guna means the gunas the qualities the pastimes shiptamatihi our mind should be completely absorbed this reminds me many years ago there was a visit of ex president of united states bill clinton to our jaipur akshapatra kitchen so it seems many day, days before his visit at least 7 10 days there were a lot of preparations being made there was a secret service agency hired by the us government who came one week in advance and were making very detailed arrangements and planning for that event he was supposed to come and serve the food to the akshapatra children and also visit the kitchen because he had heard a lot about it and he wanted to personally come and see so they came and you know lot of detailed plans were made what time he will arrive where his car will come and stand who will come and receive which path he will take who will escort that escort him while he is in the visit to the kitchen who will speak to him and they were very very meticulous in their plan everything was getting documented the names of the persons were being put so and so person will receive so and so person will garland so and so person will speak there were only two three photographers who were allowed to actually take the photo otherwise they had their own photographers who were enrolled or registered with them who would only come and pictures take pictures so the entire event was planned and in fact they were quite blunt quite in that sense that if if we see any 
nuisance. If anyone barges in or anyone comes in which is not as per this plan, we'll throw that person off because they were some, you know, part of that security, part of those were some Americans, bodyguards, well-built. So we'll throw that person out. They were quite blunt in that sense. And that final day, you know, we had called the Akshepatra children also, so about 100 odd children and, you know, a lot of people gathered in the campus waiting for him to arrive, Bill Clinton, ex-president of United States of America. Finally, his car came and it was pin drop silence. Everyone is waiting and watching from a distance the car is arrived. And the car came and as planned at a particular spot, the car came and stood. Two people from Dakshapatra and their, uh, the government side came near the car. The car door was opened and he was received with temple honors and garlanded. And he was escorted, the whole event. And as planned, limited photographers, all of them clicking the photographs and they had also told that you cannot release any photographs or start circulating any photographs. The photographs have to be submitted to us. We will shortlist the photographs and we will send it to you and only after that those photographs can be given to the media, to the press and for circulation. So from the photographers which we had hired and their photographers close to about 50 photographs were shortlisted by them, only 50, although hundreds and thousands of photographs would have got clicked. But 50 photographs were shortlisted and if you see the photographs, you could see every one, the face is completely wrapped watching the president. Everyone was looking at the president. The whole event was so organized, everyone was mesmerized. They could feel the presence of a very, very big and important person who is none other than the president of United States of America. Now, Krishna in the Gita says, whatever you see which is splendorous in this world, big, big mountains, the mountain, just a small spark of my splendor compared to the president of united states or ex-president of united states is just a small minute spark of krishna's splendor lord's splendor lord's beauty lord's attractiveness lord's glorious qualities just like we get attracted to a big person a popular person, a famous person. It naturally captures our attention. We get pulled to that person. When the person comes, everyone is waiting, everyone is watching, everyone's attention is captured and wrapped. Imagine if we can somehow get captured, our attention gets wrapped with hearing the glorious pastimes, the qualities, the attributes, the leelas of the Supreme Lord, our life is done.
right now our mind our senses it is not hari guna shiptamatihi it is false ego lust greed pride shiptamatihi our mind our consciousness is entrapped entrapped by all these base qualities constantly mind is thinking of making plans how i can do better than someone how i can supersede someone we are envious of someone somebody buys something which i don't have you know i become jealous so mind is absorbed in these thoughts so when our mind is absorbed in the thoughts of the supreme and it is very much when we see a big person i remember once i was traveling and the same flight this was some 10 12 years back the same flight dhoni that time he was just becoming popular it was prior to his becoming the indian cricket team captain and he had long hairs so he was in the same flight and as soon as he uh, got down from the flight i could see that people are all surrounding him although there was some security guards trying to you know keep people away but they all surrounded and everyone is taking selfie and taking autographs and they were so hooked on i could see from a distance that time i was not quite i couldn't even later on i got to know that you know he is he is in the indian team and is doing quite well and all that but i could see that whole airport there was a commotion as soon as he came out of the aircraft and got into that uh, landing area so how a person who is famous who is this thing he attracts he captures our attention so likewise the lord is all attractive all glorious with so many divine wonderful qualities and the great sages are completely absorbed their consciousness is completely absorbed only and only if we have our mind and senses absorbed in the lord in the lord service thinking of the lord hearing about the lord chanting the glories of the lord then only we have a hope that we can free our mind from the traps of these base enemies declare your war on the enemies you cannot see pride arrogance selfishness greed lust anger cheating gossiping if you can master and destroy them we all have enemies many times we think enemies means gross enemies like you know pakistan is an enemy or so and so person who has taken my money is an enemy but we have enemies within pride lust arrogance selfishness anger cheating propensity gossiping if you can master and destroy them then you will be ready to fight the enemy you can see otherwise from within we are getting killed from within we are getting disempowered these enemies are eating us up so that is what great devotees great sages used to do they were building from within they were fighting the enemies from within and the battles outside were almost became null and void because otherwise we create our own battles because of lust greed we create complicated situation and whole life we are battling with those situations self created battles we fight we see lot of movies where you know complicated 
scripts with you know so and so complication this person ran away with someone and this, it's all the game of lust greed in a whole movie the entire complication is all about a person's lust was untamed unchecked so we will take up some questions uh, we have uh, questions today uh, the first question is from virendra Prabhuji, do you feel that man has become more greedy in the post-industrial revolution world than the pre-industrial revolution world? To some extent, yes, because post-industrial revolution, it has created, even in this present times, with all the technological innovations, there are more so-called uh, objects of sense gratification available to us. Earlier, people were living in villages. The whole surroundings were simple. Even if they want to, they had limitations. But in today's world, sky is the limit, they say. There is unlimited opportunities to gratify the senses. And hence, and in the name of advancement, people have increased the sense objects. Earlier, yes, we need some food to eat, we need some clothing, we need shelter, but in each of the field, out of man's greed, we have created unlimited permutations and combinations. Imagine all this business of Swiggy and Zomato and all this things, all about, you know, you have innumerable restaurants, innumerable recipes, innumerable foods being available and people are rushing here, there, trying to deliver the food, whatever you want to eat hot next 30 minutes is delivered to your doorstep yes the sense objects have increased the temptations allurements have increased that's why it is said that kaler doshanidhe rajan kaliyuga it's an ocean of faults but there is one good quality simply by chanting the names of lord kirtanath eva krishnasya all the anomalies all the lacunas we have in this age of Kali, we can overcome them. This question is from Ajay Raj Sharma. Is it possible to develop Krishna Prem or attain God in this lifetime when we know that our enjoying propensity is deep-rooted? Should we depend on our own effort or Krishna's grace? The first part of the question is, is it possible to develop Krishna Prem, Harikshipta Gunamatihi? Is it possible to get completely attracted to the Lord and get purified in this very lifetime, knowing that our enjoying propensity is very deep-rooted? The answer is yes, we can get purified in this very lifetime. It all depends on us, how sincerely we practice the principles of Krishna consciousness, how sincerely we are eager, how much we are eager to progress, advance in our spiritual life, how we exercise our free will. The medicine which our Acharyas have given is bona fide, is authorized. Prabhupada has asked us to chant Hare Krishna Mahamantra. It's an authorized mantras. All bona fide authorized scriptures are talking about the glories of chanting of holy names. Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavatam are authorized scriptures. These are words spoken by none other than Lord Shri Krishna and his sincere 
pure devotees. So it all depends on us how sincerely we take the medicine. And uh, this process, just like, for example, if we are asked to ignite a fire on, you know, have some wood and ignite fire, how fast wood will be engulfed by fire, it will catch fire, it depends if the wood is dry and also depends if on one side we are fanning the fire, other side we should not be pouring in water into that fire. So this water is the anarthas. Now many times we chant Hare Krishna Mahara, but simultaneously we are fanning our material desires. In other words, we are not being sincere. We want the best of both worlds. We want Krishna's blessing so that we can very nicely enjoy our material life. We don't want to give up material desires. We use Krishna consciousness as a means to fulfill our material desires. Then the advancement will be there, but it will be slow. Should we depend on our own effort or Krishna's grace? We can put in our efforts. God helps those who help themselves. But finally, it all depends on Krishna's grace, Krishna's mercy, which comes through his representative, which is a bona fide spiritual master. We cannot even approach Krishna directly. We cannot aspire for Krishna's grace directly. We have to aspire for the grace of a bona fide spiritual master, Yasya Prasadat Bhagavat Prasado. And if we get the mercy of a pure devotee of the Lord, then we will get the mercy of Lord. So we should put in our effort. God helps those who help themselves. But follow the instructions of a pure devotee and try to serve him, try to please him. By pleasing him, we will get his mercy, we will get the right direction, we will get the right instructions, we will get the right intelligence, where to put our efforts, what to do, what not to do. And when we get the mercy of a pure devotee, we get the mercy of the Lord and our path to liberation, doors to liberation gets opened. Again, the question is from Virendra. Will satisfaction of our mind control both our need and our greed. Uh, satisfaction of our need is not just dependent on mind. There are so many parameters involved. Our karma. Based on our karma, we are blessed with Janma, Aishwarya, Shruta, Shri. Our birth, our beauty, our opulence and our intelligence. So not necessarily if the mind is controlled, all our needs will be met. Yes our needs can be minimized. In that sense, we can be happy. In that sense, we can be satisfied. And for sure, if the mind is controlled, Bhagavatam is saying, Bhagavad Gita is saying, we can save ourselves from the traps of the enemies of lust, greed, envy and so forth. For sure, Krishna also says in the Gita, mind, if it is controlled, is our best friend. And the same mind, if it is uncontrolled, is our worst enemy. So, we should try to purify the mind and for sure, if we purify the mind, if we tame the mind, if we check the mind, we can keep ourselves away from the traps of these enemies. This question is from Yodhi Takne. 
could you please share your wisdom on difference between habitual response response reaction and stimulus why stimulus begin original innocent to seek lord lost not preserved the question is little not clear but nevertheless whatever i have understood i'll try to answer there is a stimulus for example somebody is irritating us somebody has spoken some harsh words it's a stimulus now broadly speaking we have two ways to respond we can respond intelligently or we can react to what has happened to us so that's what what is the difference between habitual many times our habitual response is we react to situation we do not have spiritual perspective we don't have a team mind we don't have the higher instructions in mind how we should respond to a situation we impulsively act we react to the situation but what is recommended is we respond intelligently suppose there is some object it is very tempting conditional response is just jump over it but respond intelligent respond is even if we are getting attracted knowing that it is not good for me not for my self interest i restrain myself i control my senses i control my mind so that for spirituality is all about how we regulate our senses how we regulate our mind although there may be allurements there may be temptations things are pulling us but how we can restrain ourselves keeping spiritual instructions in mind this question is from gyu dikshit what should be our need in present days of inflation increased cost of decent living i mean how one should save for future prabhupad gave a formula for grahastha devotees who are very sincerely trying to practice krishna consciousness in fact krishna consciousness is not only for the devotees who are in the temple who are practicing it full time as missionaries we are talking about being krishna conscious so prabhupad said a person who is sincerely practicing krishna consciousness he gave an indication how he should bifurcate his earnings again it depends on how much a person is earning prabhupad said that 50% of what you earn should be used for the service of the lord give it to the lord and 25% save for your family and for your future needs some kind of savings and 25% for your immediate needs now this is the principle in other words some bit for the rainy days some bit of you know for the future family some bit for your immediate needs and 50% for now depending on how much a person is earning where he is situated his sincerity his sacrifice his surrender a person can work on it 
somebody can start with 10% of what he earns. But if he wants to genuinely practice Krishna consciousness, he should develop that feeling that everything what the Lord is giving, it is actually Lord's, it is not mine. And the proper use of what I have is in the service of the Lord. So with that understanding, with that realization, one can try to maximize slowly, gradually, increase that contribution and come to the level of 50%. Now all these are details, whether it is before tax, after tax, after all the statutory deduction, all these are details. The principle is that now everyone's circumstances are unique, everyone's situation is unique. Keeping this principle in mind that a sizable portion of what we are earning should be used for the service of the Lord because it is Lord's. Then our life becomes genuine sacrifice and we will be freed from all the entanglements. We will be liberated in that sense. Otherwise what happens is we earn and deploy that earnings in gratifying our senses and we get entangled. So, yes, depending on what we are earning, Krishna also does not forbid us to, uh, you know, decent living is very much required, enough for us to, a decent house, a decent, you know, for example, for clothes, three sets, four sets, five sets should be good enough, but many people have whole wardrobes filled with all kinds of clothes. Okay, somebody is outside, he has to go for, he should have one kind of dress for party, one kind of dress for this. Okay, 7 sets, 10 sets, maybe 12 sets. But more than that is all creed. Likewise for everything, yes, we require sufficient nutritious food, decent food with good healthy so that we can keep our body healthy. But, you know, these days people make elaborate arrangements to satisfy the tongue, which again will fall under the category of greed. This question is from Rajeshwari Rao. Arjuna, although after knowing truth that soul is not slain, why did Arjuna lamented on Abhimanyu's death and with revengeful state swear to kill Jayadra? As I told all of uh, in the earlier this thing, Especially when it comes to the Lord and Lord's devotees. A similar question was asked that Arjuna was a great devotee of the Lord. Why did he fall under ignorance more so in the presence of the Lord? Krishna Surya Sama Maya Haya Andhakar Jahan Surya Haya Nahi Tai Maya Adhikar Wherever there is sun there cannot be darkness. Then how is it that the Lord is right next to Arjuna and Arjuna is an illusion? So when we come across these pastimes, Prabhupada explains Arjuna was not an illusion. He was a pure devotee of the Lord. But the Lord made him come under this illusion so that he can ask profound questions which is not only for him, for the entire mankind. Krishna could speak the Bhagavad Gita which can benefit the mankind for all times to come. So likewise, there are many pastimes of the Lord, many leelas of the Lord, which if we very superficially understand, just like here it says, Arjuna knew about the soul, then why did Arjuna lament? Arjuna 
is a great devotee of the Lord, then why did he say that I will not fight and you know that all my dynasty will be lost? All the so called arguments which were Krishna says, how come these impurities have come upon you? So it's a fact that Arjuna is a great devotee of the Lord. He was put in a condition so that he can ask this question, which is a pastime of the Lord, and Krishna could enlighten the entire mankind with his divine instruction. This question is from Pushpalata. I am chanting two to eight rounds. I feel dominated by Rajoguna due to planning of work, future, etc. How to practically ascend to Sattvaguna and beyond? Practically. So, Prabhupada, just like you know, when we are in diseased state, we have to go to the right doctor and take the right medicine. For medicine also, there is a prescription given, which medicine to take at what time. So, Prabhupada has given, he is a bona fide doctor, if we have to get cured of this material disease, come out of Rajoguna and come to Sattvaguna, which you have asked practically. Prabhupada has given us a very practical program, a powerful sadhana program, which is very, very definitive. It is not in the air, always think of the Lord and it is like you cannot quantify it. So Prabhupada has given us a morning program. If a person wants to rise above this thing, he should first try to get up early in the morning. Make the best use of the Brahma Murta time. What is Brahma Murta? Brahma Murta is 46 minutes before one Murta is for 46 minutes and Murta uh, not 46, 92 minutes before sunrise, the Murta starts and that's called Brahma Murta for 46 minutes. We should try to make use of the Brahma Murta, get up early in the morning. It is full of Sattva Guna and engage in various spiritual activities. Prabhupada said, start the day with Mangalarti. You can go to the YouTube, just type Mangalarti, Guru Ashtaka, morning prayers. We all start a day with that. And then we can also share with you audio recording of the morning sadhana, Tulsi Arati. Even if we cannot sing, we can just play the audio and we can have a Tulsi plant in our home. We can circumambulate it. Then we can chant our rounds. You have said that you chant two to eight rounds. We can gradually increase slowly and steadily and come to 16 rounds, which is a magic number Prabhupada recommend. Anyone who wants to sincerely practice Krishna consciousness should chant minimum of 16 rounds. All the scriptures are saying Kirtaniya Sadahari. Then invariably we should try to worship, have Guru Puja. As I said, mercy of Guru is very important. Yasya Prasadat Bhagavat, to come in touch with the pure devotee of Lord and to get his mercy is very important for us to advance in spiritual life. So there is a Guru Puja which we can share with you. And we can offer that Guru Puja, we can chant that Guru Puja, we can actually have a picture of Shla Prabhupada and we can do a small Aarti. Aarti means a lamp, an Agarbati, offer some flowers. It could be as simple as that. And while we are doing that Aarti, we can also sing that Guru Puja. These are simple things which we can do, which will go a long way in getting Prabhupada's mercy, Krishna's mercy. And they will direct us dynamically how we can further progress in our spiritual life to increase Sattva Buddha.
So make the best use of the morning time. Try to increase your chanting. See if you can also include some bit of Guru Puja, Mangalarti in your daily schedule. And start offering the food what you are eating. Try if you can eat Sattvic food in the food which is cooked and offered to the Lord. Eat the remnants of the food. If you can include some of these things in your daily schedule, it will go a long way in uh, coming out of the lower modes and increasing Sattvaguna. This question is from Tribeni Sub Subuddhi. How to deal with greedy persons? Krishna has given us intelligence. We can use our intelligence. If we find some situations are very perplexing, we can also take guidance from senior experienced devotees, some senior experienced people who can guide us how we can do in a particular situation. In spiritual life, it is very important that we consult, take guidance. Many times we can give an excuse, no, I, it, it's very difficult, how to approach, I don't know. If you want excuses, there are innumerable excuses. But if we are sincere, if we are genuine, if we know that yes, we need guidance, we need some consultation. Where there is a will, there is a way. There are innumerable forums, innumerable chat options. We can ask some sincere devotees, we can get in touch with them and, and uh, share our challenges and seek guidance. And definitely with their experience, they can guide how we can deal with situations which can be perplexing, including what you have asked, dealing with greedy persons. So, thank you very much. It was nice to have all of you with us today. Uh, look forward to having you again uh, next Sunday, same time, 4.30 p.m. Hare Krishna.